live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Blonde, but not the Blonde Bomber. Welcome to the Jordy Holtberg Show. Matt Miguez filling in for Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Once again, Matt Miguez filling in for Jordy Holtberg. James Mesh, the producer extraordinaire slash the co-host with the most. Sits in the production studio pushing all the buttons. James, happy Friday. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Matt? How you doing? You ready for you ready for four hours of this? Man. Four hours of this. We're gonna have some fun. We have a lot to talk about. NBA free agency running rampant, just like we thought it would. Oh, it it's by the minute. It's it's one of the greatest weekends of the year. I fell I fell asleep. And I woke up and I oh, felt yeah. like I felt like I missed two years of news. Oh yeah. It's uh it's wild. We'll break it down deal by deal. We will talk some MLB baseball. Happy Bobby Vanilla Day, by the way. We'll we'll dive into that in case you don't know what Bobby Vanilla Day is. We will talk Astros getting the two to one win over the Yankees last night. They prepare for the Angels this weekend. Today is July 1st, which means that the four new Sunbelt schools, James Madison, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Mississippi, have officially joined the Sunbelt Conference as of today. We'll talk about that and what, what each team brings to the table. And we'll get into some NASCAR. I know, and I know what you're thinking. It, it's NASCAR, and they're only going to turn left, right? Well, not this weekend. They're at a road course, so they're turning left and right. With some revolutionary stuff. And since, it's, and since it's Fourth of July weekend, there's patriotic paint schemes, and it's it's going to be fun at Road America. So we'll talk about that with Toby Christie later during crunch time. But let's look at some of the top stories in the world of sports right now. We'll start with the Boston Celtics acquiring Malcolm Brogdon from the Indiana Pacers in exchange. For Daniel Theis, Aaron Neesmith, and a 2023 first-round pick. There's also three other players involved. So for Malcolm Brogdon, the Pacers are giving are getting five players and a first-round pick. I saw a meme, and it's a SpongeBob meme, so you already know it's great. It was okay. <laughs> it, that's your that's your opinion, but go on. It said it had the SpongeBob hand mm-hmm. whenever he had the paper clip and the string. Uh-huh. It was like, that's what the Celtics are giving up for Malcolm Brogdon. Right. Now, technically, you can look at it and say that the Celtics are giving up two first round picks because Neesmith was your first round selection in 2021. Yes, he was. So that's technically and two I, first round and picks. And I actually li- I liked what he did on the court when he was on the court. Yeah, but we're talking about Malcolm Brogdon. That's what I'm saying. You get Broggy. Like, 
The Boston Celtics acquired Malcolm Brogdon, delivering the kind of playmaking point guard that both President of Basketball Operations Brad Stevens and Coach Ime Yudoka believed they needed to elevate the franchise as a championship contender. So James, as the Celtics fan, as the guy who knows the ins and outs of that locker room, let me ask you. The Celtics went to the finals this year, gave the Warriors everything they wanted. Does Mal- does adding Malcolm Brogdon put them over the top? I can't see how it would lower their chances. It definitely keeps them in race with the Miamis, the Milwaukee's, even Philly of the of the of the yep. of the East. I mean, I I think it does. It it improves because now your depth is even better. You still got Peyton Pritchard, which I feel like he may. I feel like if there's another deal to be done, maybe he's in the Malcolm Brogdon deal. So, in your eyes, where does where does Malcolm Brogdon fit in? Is he the point? Is he the two? I think he plays maybe more of the two. So does Tatum play a small four? Or who who's on the bench is what I'm asking. Well, I think you keep your same five as you did before. I think you still keep Smart at the one. Okay. Brown at the two. Tatum at three. Al at four. And Rob at five. So you have Brogdon coming off the bench. So you have... Derek White at the one because he's more of a natural point guard. Brogdon at the two because he's a better three point shooter. And then if or and then he he plays more of a wing role if Peyton is still there. But if Peyton's gone, then he plays more of the two. I don't know how you put Malcolm Brogdon on the bench unless you take out unless you put Al as more of a reserve role. I think that's what you might have to do. Because he is 37 now at the moment. I, I think you might have to do that, and Tatum just plays as a small four. You put Brown at the three, Brogdon at the two, Smart at the point. And you can interchange because now you have four ball handlers. Right, and then and then Robert Williams is your center. Yeah. And I think then, that's what and then, And then I don't want this to happen, but inevitably whenever Rob does have like his two-week outs because – he, he gets injured a lot. You put Al at the at the five, and you still have Grant Williams. And not to mention, you also have Danilo Gallinari now to try to fit in somewhere. Yeah, get a you got him as a is he stretch your, four. Is he, is he your bench three? Maybe a stretch four. Yeah, I mean it just kind of depends because you can you can mess with that around a lot. And Grant's only going to get better. It's true, he's already really good at defense. He's a small four. And an even smaller five, but we've seen P.J. Tucker play the five. Man, just talking about it has got to make you happy as a Celtics fan, right? Oh, I love seeing the roster get improved. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't doesn't love getting good players on their team? No, you're absolutely right. So let's look at some of the other major deals that have gone down in the last, not, not even 24 hours. So you've got Carl Anthony Towns agreeing to a four-year 224 million dollar supermax Nikola Jokic agreeing on terms for a 5 year 270 million dollar supermax in case you were wondering that makes Nikola Jokic the highest paid player in NBA history Jalen Brunson finally gets to go to the Mecca we've talked about it all week he finally gets what he wants 4 years 104 
million to go join the New York Knicks. Some other big stories, P.J. Tucker going to the Sixers on a three-year $33 million deal. Harden will meet with the Sixers this weekend to discuss his new deal, which is intriguing. Ja Morant, four-year rookie extension, likely worth $226 million. Devin Booker, four years, $224 million. Gary Payton. Gary Payton said, I'm going to take my ring and I'm going to Portland. See y'all later. Portland, Portland's getting sneaky good. They are. They're getting sneaky they good. They are. Because you haven't gotten rid of Dame yet. No. You respect the grind. And now, and now you're going to put Payton in the two spot on the side of him. Now you got Gary Payton. You re-signed Anthony Simons. You re-signed Yosef Nurkic. Like, you're bringing your boys back. And you're getting an NBA champ. Yep. Like, I'm not saying this is going to take Portland all the way to the finals or the conference finals, but after not after missing the playoffs, no, it's agreed. It's, it's looking it's looking a little better in Portland. Agreed. Mitchell Robinson, four years, sixty million dollars to stay with the Knicks. Nurkic, like I said, four years, seventy million to stay in Portland. Zach Levine, five years, two hundred and fifteen million dollars. John Wall will join the Clippers on a two-year deal for the taxpayer mid-level. So the two-year deal, $13.5 million. The Atlanta Hawks have traded Kevin Herter to the Kings for Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a future first-rounder. And then, of course, we talked about the Malcolm Brogdon trade moments ago. The one name that we haven't touched on, James, Zion Williams. Big Zion. So the deal is just about done, from what I can tell. Yes, it's very close. The, the reports are saying that they're nearing a deal. Five years, $231 million. <laughs> okay, now I am, you and I talked about this off the air. I love the deal. I think Zion's worth every penny. I have said it this whole time, Zion's a generational talent. Has he had some injury issues his first couple of years? Yes. More than some. Well, I'm, I'm putting it lightly, but yes. He's played 85 games in two years. He, he's played one year out of three potential years. Correct. However, in those 85 games, he played 21 his COVID, the COVID year, that year in the bubble. Mm-hmm. He played 21, and then he played 64 the next year. No, I'm sorry. 24 his rookie year, 61 the next year. So 85 games. In those 85 games, these are his numbers. He's averaging 25.7 points a game, mm-hmm. 7 rebounds, 3.2 assists. He's shooting 60.4% from the field and 33.3% from three. And then what are his blocks and steals? Because um, he, he's got to be averaging about a block a game. Blocks, point six. Oh, okay. uh, steals 0.9. So a little if, less if, than if, I expected. If you, but if you round, that's a steal and a block a game. He get he gets a he gets a block every other game, right? And then he gets about a steal a game. You can't argue with those numbers. No, because can't because I get it. He gets injured a lot, and when he's injured, he's out for a while. I get it. He's had concerns, but, but you can't 
argue. You can't argue with those numbers. And then the other thing is, yes, you've had injury concerns, but that's exactly why he sat out all of last season. He could have come back last year. Yeah, you could have. Plenty of players come back injured. He could have come back last year, but the Pelicans and Zion decided, I would rather sit and be 100% healthy and work on my weight instead of trying to focus on the team. And, and he have you seen him recently? Oh. He's looking jacked. He's huge. He's and lost he's lost 40 pounds and then put on 20 of muscle. Is what he's done. So yeah, he's still sitting at 280, but it's muscle. Zion's a freak. And it and it looks in the videos it it looked in the videos that I've seen. Like his ball handling has improved it, too. His ball handling's improved. His defense has improved. I'm telling you right now, this this feels like a revenge tour because of all the people. I will include myself because I did make fun of a little, make fun of him a little bit. He's coming for a vengeance to he prove is. everybody that's called him fat and not a part of the team and just right gone against him. He's he's out here to prove a point. July first, twenty twenty two, two fifteen p.m. Write it down. If I'm wrong, I'll eat my crow on it. Zion Williamson is comeback player of the year. I could see it. I will I will admit I am wrong if I'm wrong. I don't think I will be. I think Zion's comeback player of the year. I think he's an all-star. I think the Pelicans are a top five seed in the playoffs. Because the one time he was healthy for a majority of the season, he was an all-star. Yep. His efficiency, it's ridiculous. And it's not like you're asking him to take 25 shots. 15 and you make 7, 8 of them, and you're forcing yourself to the line? Right. And you knock down a good bit of your shots? Come on. And once again, I'll die on this hill if if I'm alone. Zion was worth every penny. I know people are saying, oh, this is shades of the Anthony Davis situation. I get it. I get the concern. But... But what else are you going to do? Let him walk? You get nothing? You're going to trade him and get a, a subpar package? You have to show some sort of commitment. You have to sign him. You traded away everything to get that number one overall pick. You have to sign him. You've worked with him this whole time while he's been out. You've worked with him. Worth every penny, and I think other people are going to start to see that too. People are going to forget about the deal if he shows up on the court. Right. Which if he does what we expect him to. I'm just going to talk about the the max extension. Right. Exactly. Game hotline 706-0111 if you want to get in on the show. Again, Miguez and Mesh are going to be here with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Poll question is up on social media, by the way. Twitter and Facebook the poll question is what is the first thing that comes to mind when the 4th of July is brought up? Is it fireworks? Do you instantly think of a hot dog? Of course, the hot dog eating contest is Monday in New York. Do you think baseball? Baseball all day long on Friday. I think the Astros play at 3 o'clock. Yeah, and I'm going to be covering that game. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. (laughs) And then... Is it something else? Juco football in Louisiana 
says Lex Luger body slamming Yokozuna. I remember that. Well, I don't remember it because I, I don't think I was alive yet. But I've seen the video before. <laughs> I know what he's referring to. Um, yes, I know I'm young. So far, 25% have said other, 50% say hot dogs, 25% say fireworks. James, what do you think of when you think of the 4th of July? It's hard to not think about the fireworks. Yeah. I think of fireworks and barbecue. Now the question, do do you have family traditions? For the 4th of July, not really. Okay. Not really. Okay, because... Because same, because I, I know I get asked by people like Jordy and like, hey, what what do, what do you do no. for, for like this certain holiday? It's like. No, I mean, we've, we've done things in the past, but like a yearly thing? No. Like something consistent? No. No. Because why would I, why would I buy fireworks when I could just watch my neighbors do it? Most of the time growing up, it was just, it was just another Monday. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just another day. Like we we had barbecue, we went watch the fireworks in town, but like nothing crazy. Yeah, and I mean, m- my like dad my dad likes to do other things, and we just kind of do our own thing. And it's like if we like pull out some barbecue, maybe. Right. But I mean, if it's there's gonna be people, barbecue, it's- there's people that have like these lavish cookouts on the Fourth of July, and I'm like, man, I never did that as a kid. We never did that. <laughs> and it's the same thing with Halloween because my next door neighbor. They handle like the candy. They do hot dogs, and like y- you can dress it however you want. And they got drinks for you, and and they're like, and we're like, okay, well, I mean, let's just go over there. Right. They invite us why, over. Why not? Why would we buy candy if they've already got it handled? <laughs> right. So we just go over there for our Halloween. Yeah, Halloween we never really did anything either. Like family friends had parties, and we would just go there. Yeah, it's just. Why, why throw your own party when your friends are throwing one? That's what I'm saying. Anyways, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. All you have to do is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win the brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and much more. It's the game's new text club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Take a time out right here. When we return, we will have audio from Saints head coach Dennis Allen. We will have a look at the John Deere Classic. And we'll talk about the best position groups in the NFL. You're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station at your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? You just wash your hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you can kiss my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Protect your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miga is filling in for Jordy Holberg and James Mesh. Dennis Allen met with the media on Wednesday in Metairie and touched on a lot of different things. Touched on Alante Taylor, touched on Taysom Hill, the wide receiver room, Will Lutz being back, you know, the progress that the team has made throughout the offseason, things like that. So let's start where Dennis Allen started. Here's his opening statement. I think this was a good camp for us. You know, I was pleased with, um, obviously, the attendance, number one. I was pleased with the with the effort. I thought, you know, from our, our players to our coaching staff to, you know, the support staff, I mean, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good camp that I think sets the foundation for moving into training camp. And so uh, that's where we now begin to turn our focus and get ready for really the start of the 2022 season. Yeah, the attendance thing was big, right? Because when it became mandatory, everybody was there. Everyone showed up. That's important. Um, and then, you know, he talked about, he went on to kind of the same sentiment that he just shared, but a continuation, I guess. Talked about the progress that the team has made over the offseason. I'd say we've made some progress. I like the direction that we're headed. But certainly, we got a long way to go and, and a lot of things that we have to have to improve on. And so my focus really is, you know, how do we keep getting a little bit better every single day? But I do think we've made some progress over this over this offseason. James, who have you been watching throughout the, the offseason as, as making progress? Who are you excited about? Somebody that I'm interested in seeing is someone like Alante Taylor. I want to see how this rookie is able to develop. And hearing the good things that I've heard, I, I see him having like a legit role on this team and not just being just another special teamer while he waits and develops. Like he's he's going up pretty quickly. And having a guy like Paul Sinadebo, who was just in your shoes a year ago, has to be invaluable, right? Oh, it it's totally invaluable. Because Cause now you have a guy that has done it and can teach you but at the same time, he knows where you're coming from because just a year ago, he was in the same spot. Exactly. For first year in the system, it's like, hey, here, here's what I did to help myself better understand the system. Here's how I approach the game as now a professional, especially going into my second season. So it's not like it's a 10, 12-year difference where you were drafted in 2011 and I'm – or. You were drafted in 2022, and I was drafted in 2012 or 2011. Like, right. They're very close. There's not an age gap. So it feels like the the cohesion between the two just makes it a lot more natural since they're so close together in age. Absolutely. Another guy I'm looking out for is Taysom Hill because you're not going to see him as much in the quarterback scenario as you have under Sean Payton. You know, it's he's gonna, from what I can understand, he's gonna be listed on the roster as a tight end. And so Dennis Allen talked about using Taysom Hill as an offensive weapon. Well, I look at Taysom Hill as a weapon in a lot of different areas. All right, so we talk all the time about positionless players on defense. I don't know if positionless is the right word for Taysom, a multiple position player. You know, I look at him as a weapon in the passing game. I look at him as a weapon playing at the quarterback position. I look at him with the ball in his hands. I look at him 
on special teams in a lot of different areas. And so there's a ton of places where Taysom Hill can help this football team win. And we want to utilize him in all those different roles. Staying on that topic, talking about wide receivers and, and the things that receivers can do for this offense, let's talk about Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and the rest of the wide receiver room. I would say that I like both those players. I'd say both of them bring a skill set to the wide receiver room that I think can help us and be better in that in that area this year. You know, Jarvis obviously being a, a savvy vet, outstanding route runner. Chris is highly athletic, got really good speed to stretch the field. He's going to have a learning curve just like all rookies do. Look, I think this, I think one of the things that we wanted to do this year was add talent to the roster and increase the competition amongst the roster. And I think we've done that in a lot of different areas. Let's go to the world of golf now. The John Deere Classic is this weekend up in Silvis, Illinois, at TPC Deer Run. Matthias Swab in the lead at 10 under after having a 6 under performance today in round number 2. JT Poston through two holes. He's 1 under for the day, which puts him at 10 under for the tournament and tied for the lead. Christian Budenholz at 8 under. Callum Tarrant at 8 under. Taylor Moore, Brendan Todd, 7 under and 6 under respectively. Dylan Fratelli at 6 under as well. Scott Stallings, 6 under. Go a little bit further down the chart. Zach Johnson, 4 under. Cam Davis at 4 under. Mark Hubbard at 4 under. Lee Hodges, 3 under. Kevin Streelman, 3 under. Lucas Glover, 2 under. Martin Laird, 2 under. Hayden Buckley, 2 under. He gets underway here in about 20 minutes. Jason Duffner and Grayson Murray both at 1 under. The cut right now is sitting at 1 under for the tournament as it stands. Guys like Cameron Champ would miss the cut. He's just getting underway, though, through 3, but he is 2 over so far in round number 2. Not a great start for Cameron Champ. So keep an eye on the John Deere Classic leaderboard. We will keep you updated throughout today's show. Second time out right here when we return. The big, bald, and beautiful one, the host of RP3 and Company, Raymond the III, will sit down with us to recap the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame weekend, and I'll get his takes on the new Sunbelt schools and the one new school in the Southland Conference. We'll talk about all that and more right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to the Jordy Holberg Show right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez and James Mesh filling in for the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holberg, on this Friday afternoon. Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame was last weekend with inductees like Jari Evans, Tony Robichaux, 
Kyle Williams, and so much more. To recap all of that, and we'll take a look at the new conference realignment in the world of collegiate athletics. The host of RP3 and Company, weekdays 6 to 9, right here on The Game. We call him the big, bald, beautiful one, Mr. Raymond Parsh the third. RP3, what's going on, man? How are you? Man, do you realize how big of a deal Uncle Jordy, Jordy Holberg is? This man takes a day off, and it takes not one, not two, but three game personalities to have to collaborate to fill his large shoes. I, I hope we can make it, make it. I hope we can make it happen. I don't know if we can, though, bud. I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I was I was thinking about it during the commercial break. I mean, how are we going to... How are we going to fill the shoes of the blonde bomber, Jordy Holtberg? My man, my man is enjoying, he already kicking off his holiday weekend by going to the beach. That's the right decision, by the way. The no. right decision. One, one, the correct decision. 100%. All right, RP3, let's take a look back at last weekend's Hall of Fame induction in Natchitoches. You were there. You even got to present the, or officially induct, the late, great Tony Robichaux into the Hall of Fame you know, just walk us through the weekend, recap the whole thing. Well, you know, it's always a privilege to be part of that. As the president of the Louisiana Sports Writers Association, I get to take part in that and get to shake hands and, you know, take photos with the Hall of Famers and present them with their glass trophy. Uh, my main job is to make sure not to drop them and shatter them, which is uh, fills me with anxiety every year. But for the most part, it was, you know, it was an interesting mix this year. Matt, to be honest with you, because, you know, we had three individuals that we put in uh, after uh, their passing. So that always kind of changes the dynamic of the induction weekend. It is a celebration and very much so a celebration of all the individuals that were put in this year, a total of 12 of them, if you include the two Distinguished Service Award winners and our uh, Dave Dixon Award winner. So, but... You know, it, it's, it ranges the different emotions. Look, for the Robichaux family, for Tony, you know, they took part in everything that they did, and the, and the sons were there, and his, his late wife was there, you know, his wife was there. And, and you know, it, it's still an emotional weekend for them because it reminds them how much they miss Tony, right? And it's a celebration of his accomplishments on the same hand. It's a reminder of he's not with us anymore. And then he goes on the other end of the spectrum where you have someone like Dr. Eddie Flynn, uh, a great boxer, uh, an Olympic medalist that, you know, is long since passed, and we put him in his grandson or great-grandson, if I remember. I have to look back through my notes, is, you know, accepting. And he said how cool it was to learn about his family, about stuff that he never knew, right? So you, you get both of those types of emotions. It was very emotional for the Andelsec family. Uh, we put in Eric Andelsec, the, the one of the great LSU offensive linemen in program history, whose uh, life was cut tragically short uh, early in his pro career when he was blocking for the likes of Barry Sanders and his brother uh, was on stage uh, accepting the award from him and his sister was in attendance. And it, got so, it was such a powerful moment because when they came off, or right before they came off, his sister came up from the table. They had one of the, the tables right in front of the stage there, Matt, and she was just overcome with emotion and crying that she came up on the stage and gave her brother a hug, right? And it's just those type of moments that you can't script 
that's not planned, right? That's not part of the the uh, you know the television broadcast or it being streamed online. So it's those types of moments, and then you have a lot of lighthearted moments as well. So it's, it's a nice mixture of of everything from uh, the sublime to you know the stuff that makes you think and sit there and you know say how fortunate you are to have loved ones in your life. It, it can pack a punch, and it's a great weekend. And this this year was no different. Chat with Raymond Parshall the third here on the Jordy Holberg show. So you know, kind of tying a, a bow on the Hall of Fame class. You know, you talked about if you count the Distinguished Service Awards and the Dave Dixon Award, twelve inductees. I mean, and, and just from from top to bottom, you know, you talked about Tony Robichaux and and Eric Andelsek. Just a really diverse and absolutely incredible class this year really diverse right and more so than maybe we've been this may be one of the most diverse classes we've ever inducted into the louisiana sports hall of fame i mean look at it so you got your football guys which is always par for the course right and you know jari evans obviously the best the greatest interior offensive lineman in saints history he goes in. kyle williams all-american national champion and played 13 years in the NFL, six Pro Bowls. And that's a slam dunk in Andelsek. Many project he would have been in Ken as well if his career wasn't cut short by his death. But then you look at it and you go, the very first LSU gymnast to be inducted, Susan Jackson, who did a gymnastics move, a flip of some sort on the stage when they brought, off, brought in all the Hall of Famers, which was a great, nice, you know, uh, you know unpredictable moment. She's the first. She's the you know foundation piece, so to speak, for that program. Brittany Sneed Newman, first LSU softball player inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame that played for Yvette Gerard. So you have these two kind of trailblazers, so to speak, foundations, uh, foundation players for women's sports at LSU getting in, and both of them played for two legendary coaches who are already in the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame with Yvette and, of course, D.D. Bro. Then you have an Olympic boxer, you know, Dr. Eddie Flynn. You have a rodeo cowboy, a steer wrestler, and Steve Duhon, who's from Opelousas, began his career. He thought he wanted to be a football player. He played at LSU one year and said, I'm going to go wrestle steers for a living, became a world champion, a man that's in the Rodeo Hall of Fame. And then, you know, Planey Duplichan, a legend, the winningest track and field cross-country coach in the country, I do believe. Um, from Mamu, grew up in Mamu, and ended up becoming an absolute icon in high school sports. And trust me, and what was great about it is that you saw the diversity in the audience as well. And you got people that came out from Mamu. They bought a couple of tables. They were loud and proud about their hometown guy getting inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame, Steve Duhon. He had multiple tables of people that came. There was a lot of cowboy hats and cowboy boots in attendance there in the Natchitoches Event Center. But, you know, that's what we kind of pride ourselves on. It's just not football. It'd be easy, Matt. We could put in four or five football players every year. Easy. Without a doubt. And that could be what the majority of the class is. But we kind of pride ourselves on being the guardians of the sports history for the state of Louisiana. So we make sure Olympians, football players – Gym, gymnasts, coaches, rodeo cowboys, outdoorsmen, and everything in between, they get the uh, the honors and the recognition that they uh, very much deserve. No, absolutely, absolutely. So 
you know, I, I've always thought that that you had some kind of special power, but while okay, a special power. I'm okay. I'm an X man. Let's continue. While while we're on the air chatting with you, Adrian Wojnarowski drops a, a Woj bomb. The Utah Jazz are trading Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Really? Give me your thoughts on that. Well, that tells me in the little minor trade that they did that Brian Windhorst reported on the other day, which seemed to be a salary dump, this tells me that they are making a play for somebody and one of the big-time free agents, maybe Kevin Durant. Or they realize that this current group, which isn't working, because remember, their longtime coach parted ways. Donovan Mitchell said he wasn't happy about that. Rudy Gobert says he wasn't happy about that. Uh, it sure does feel like they're blowing things up either to land a big free agent or to start over from scratch and build up picks and try to do a rebuild. So you think the Jazz are trying to make a push at Kevin Durant is what you're saying? I mean, I don't I don't think Kevin would go there. That doesn't seem like the type of landing spot that he would covet. Um, but maybe it's a simple fact of they're realizing that this is not working and, hey, let's dump butt. You know, the fact that they're doing the salary dump now and they're waiting until after the draft and after free agency begins, now they're making these moves? Ah, Something's fishy going on in Utah. Well, think about this. What if Minnesota is using Rudy Gobert as a trade piece to get Kevin Durant? Uh, Would KD go play in Minnesota? Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards? I would think so. Does he think? Does he think that's a championship team? Because that look, I think him opting out and wanting to be traded out of Brooklyn. Now that things have kind of deteriorated, I mean, earlier we heard he wants to go to Phoenix. Also heard that he wants to go to Miami. You know, those seem to be a little bit bigger profile teams. It feels like he's maybe chasing a ring again. Yep. You know, do you get that in Minnesota? I don't know. I mean, it's intriguing. It could also be, you know, I'll throw this out here to you. DeAndre Aiden sure does feel like he's going to get moved. Yeah. Okay, is it, is it you're, you're moving pieces around because then another team can take DeAndre Aiden and then you can make a move for a Kevin Durant or he can go somewhere else? And if you're Minnesota, you've got Edwards, but you also just gave, what, $224 million max, super max to Carl Anthony Towns. So you got him under lock and key for at least four to five years. Does Durant go to Minnesota? Has he realized that being in the big spotlight like he was in Brooklyn and New York is just not really for him, and he'd rather go back to his humble beginnings that he did when he first began in Seattle and then Oklahoma City? Maybe, but that's intriguing what's going on there. Absolutely, absolutely. Chatting with Raymond Parsh the third. All right, RP3, I got one more for you. Talk to me about conference realignment. Sunbelt adding... There are four new schools today. The Southland added a new school. And then what do you make of this mess with USC and UCLA? Well, the writing's on the wall, and that's that's what it tells me. We thought super conferences were going to take about five years. It's not going to take five years. It's going to happen between now two and three years. And I fully expect there to be just, aggressive politicking behind the scenes to get more teams in. If I had to guess, I think the Big Ten is probably going to try to bridge and get a couple more teams from the West Coast to connect to their Midwest footprint. Maybe they 
bring in Colorado. Maybe they bring in Utah to help with that. I could see them on the other side going after Notre Dame. I think that becomes priority number one for them. And Notre Dame doesn't have the uh, the the power that they used to on this because the the sand is you know uh, shifting beneath them, and they're going to have to hitch their hitch their pony you know hitch their horse so to speak to something because and the Big Ten makes the most sense because it's it's going to come down to the Big Ten and the SEC controlling college football. That's what it's going to boil down to, and we're going to get twenty team leagues, and you're going to see the Big Ten go after you can see the Big Ten and the SEC fight over North Carolina and Duke. I think that's, those are going to be two teams that they're both going to go after to see who they can get. I think you're going to see SEC gobble up Florida State, Miami. Georgia Tech will probably return to the SEC as well in this massive expansion. And the problem is that the ACC media rights deal, you still have 14 years on it. But here's the, the thing about that. If there's no league, if there's not enough teams in the league, then you don't have to worry about the TV buyout. And I think that's what we're going to. I think you're going to have two major players, and you're going to have to see the remnants of the Pac-12 and the Big 12 maybe merge together to survive. And this, look, this also is not a great sign. This is bad news for the Sun Belt and others, Conference USA, American, and everything like that. This is an accelerated step towards two major super conferences, and then everyone else is going to get left behind. So at the end, look, it's, it's, it's worth talking about. It's exciting. It's new. It's crazy to think that we're going to get a Maryland-UCLA game at 930 on a Saturday night that no one's going to want to watch. I get all that, but I don't know if this is good for college football. It's all driven by the television revenue. Fox and ESPN in particular battling it out for supreme, you know, to being the supreme leader in college football broadcasting. That's driving that. The college football playoff expansion that's coming is driving that as well. Okay, I just don't know if it's going to be good for college football as you and I have always known it to be. I don't know if this is a good thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. I don't know that it's a good thing either. Just because, like you said, you know, you're going to have these mega conferences of your Power Five schools. But what happens to your mid majors? What happens to your Louisiana? What happens to your McNeese, you know, what, what, what do those schools do? Well, well don't, don't even think like about that. What's going to happen to Kansas? Yeah. I mean, we're talking one of the most tradition-rich programs for basketball. You're defending national champion who, as it stands right now, may not have a home. Because what's going to happen, you know, I know they want to get out of the Big 12, and the Big 12 has been stabilized, but now what happened to the alliance between the Big 10 and the Pac-12 and the Big 12? Oh, it's gone. The Big Ten's like, sure, we're going to poach a couple of your schools, and then we're going to be aggressive and probably go after Oregon as well. Well, what's going to happen to that? What's going to happen to Oklahoma State and Kansas? TCU, Baylor. I mean, you think about it from Louisiana and, you know, you know, McNeese and those likes. Yeah, that's going to impact them greatly, damage that greatly. What's even going to happen to some of these other – not enough chairs, Matt, for all these teams. Someone, the music's going to stop, and there's going to be a couple of big-name – athletic programs in this country that have always been part of the mix that's not going to have a home it's going to happen yeah that's definitely scary to think about raymond parsh the third host of rp3 and company joining us here on the jordy holtberg show boss man appreciate you taking the time have a great holiday weekend and uh, we'll see you next week you too brother and hey no matter what james says 
between the three of us, you still have the second best hair of the three of us, bud, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think he was saying that you had the first best, but anyways. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm bald. No, no. I, I don't have hair. So, sorry. <laughs> Y'all have a great weekend, boys. Oh, man. Raymond Parsh the third. Let's take it to final timeout right here. And when we return, we'll wrap up hour number one and get you set for hour number two of the Jordy Holtberg Show right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Man, this Rudy Gobert move, that is wild. Rudy Gobert going to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, this year's first-round draft pick Walker Kessler, and four additional first-rounders. Minnesota trying to win now? They might have they might have a good makeup to do it. Go bear in towns, hogging the paint. Anthony Edwards doing what he does. Uh, Minnesota might be scary in the West. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two on the other side here on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Since I'm filling in for Jordy, I'm going to take one of his daily sayings hour two of two and away we go 302 on your friday here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros matt miguez james mesh rudy gobert being traded from the jazz to the minnesota timberwolves for a absolute haul the jazz playing rebuild mode is Donovan Mitchell next? James? I don't I don't know how to take this because I know I, I feel like you build around Donovan Mitchell. I think the biggest thing was just the fact that Rudy Gobert was still on the team. So you think that now Gobert's gone, Mitchell's gonna be happy now? Happier. Happier. It's interesting. Because maybe you trade the haul that you just got and a little something extra to go get KD. This is a tweet from Chris Mannix. If this is the start of a fire sale in Utah, keep an eye on Miami. The Heat have Tyler Hero to dangle as the centerpiece of a trade for Donovan Mitchell and future draft picks to deal along with him. So could my could Utah take Tyler Hero and these vets that they just got from Minnesota 
plus a slew of first-rounders from both teams and say, let's start over. It'd be interesting because Tyler Hero would be able to be in the starting lineup. And Hero still has a lot of ball left to play. He's only 22 years old. He could be your guy. If Miami wants to move on from him, he could become your guy in Utah. Walker Kessler has proven that he could be a solid piece in the NBA, so you could have him as well be another young guy on the floor. Plus, you know, over the next seven years, you already got four first-round picks from Minnesota. You're probably going to get a couple more from Miami, plus the ones that you already have. I mean, Utah could just say, let's start over. I think that'd be a fair move for them to make right now. I really do. I mean, yeah, I love Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell's a great player. But again, we, we've talked about this numerous times. If he doesn't want to be there, you shouldn't want him there. Ship him. Now, here's here's an angle on the Kevin Durant scenario that I find interesting. And James, I want to get your take on it. This headline says, It is time for the Nets to tell KD how this is going to go. Instead of KD making the rules, people are saying that it's time for the Nets to put their foot down and say, this is where you're going to go deal with it. Oh. (laughs) Really? Well, I mean, think about it. Durant's under contract for four more years. He doesn't have much leverage in this situation other than the fact that he's Kevin Durant. The Nets hold all the cards. He doesn't have a player option. He doesn't... Sure, could he sit the bench for four years? Yeah, but... You're not going to play until 38. Right, and he's going to retire at that point. So that's not what KD wants. So really, the it's right. I mean, the Nets, the Nets can dictate how this is going to play out. And you also have to look at it. At the moment, KD has said he requested a trade. He hasn't demanded it. But what you are doing with this, KD could pull a card that we've seen other players do. You start acting up. You start being disinterested. You stop going to practice. Mm-hmm. You, you go down with injuries and you can't play. And I've always hated when guys did that. But anyways, so he may not have leverage at the moment and is being is playing the nice card to be like, hey, I'm not really taking your calls. I'm not going to demand a trade, but I am requesting y'all take me out of Brooklyn. This could get more interesting, and that's why I kept the Nets option for our poll question yesterday because he could start the season with the Nets because they can't find a trade partner. But then at some point, He's going to start getting restless. He's going to start not going to practice, not play. Here's a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski. The get the Jazz gathered six first-round picks in the past 24 hours, including seven-footer Walker Kessler, the 22nd overall pick in the 2022 draft. The Jazz plan to retool their roster around all-star guard Donovan Mitchell. Thank you. And here's the thing. 
You send most of those picks and throw in Nall because Nall's on the team. Mm-hmm. And maybe another piece or two. Give Brooklyn as much as you can. You think you go get KD? And you go get KD. Really? Donovan Mitchell, KD. And then you still have free agency. Wow. But that's could, a could could that be a viable option though? Does KD want to play in Utah? Probably not. I don't know, but Donovan could definitely do his best to recruit him. It's true. That's an impressive that's an impressive way to look at it. I didn't I didn't think about it that way. That's uh that's intriguing. Cuz you'll still have and it depends on if you want to get rid of him or not or if even Brooklyn's interested, but one of those people that you could also get rid of, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. So you throw in Naw, Jordan Clarkson, Walker that you just got in the deal with Gobert, and then the picks that Minnesota just sent you. Yep. And even the ones that you got yesterday, I think. Yep. Send all that for KD. So you hold on to Kessler. You get KD. You have Donovan Mitchell. And you still got Bo on Bogdanovich. Yeah. Yeah, you could put something together. And you, you could and, piece something together. And you still have a decent backup center, or at this point, he may have to start up in yeah, Hassan Whiteside. Oh yeah, he'll be a he'll be a decent option. But you can always just go look around and see what you can get. Or, see if you can make another trade or sign somebody. Or so KD's obviously a a nice option. However, what if they took three of those firsts? Well, actually, you'll still have Pat Bev, so that'll be interesting with the backcourt being Pat Bev and Mike Conley. What if you took three of those first and a guy like Pat Bev? Go get Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, Donovan Mitchell, Walker Kessler, Mike Conley... I say, I say you include. Mm, I say you you have Mike Conley be more of a reserve role. Yeah, the, you, he's, you go he's get at that stage in his career. You go get Tyler Hero, put him at the one, Donovan Mitchell at the two, Katie at the three, and then you figure out. Oh God, can you get both of them? I don't think you can end up getting both of them. It'll it'll take a, a big haul for sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that you get both KD and Tyler Hero. So you're saying and you're you're thinking Tyler Hero instead of KD. So Tyler, Donovan, keep Boyan at the three, and then whoever you can find at the four, probably Kessler. Put Kessler. You'll in probably half. you'll probably play ten to- twin towers at the four and five with Kessler and and Hassan Hassan Whiteside. It's a decent lineup. You got two young guards that and even, can ball handle. Even if you're not great now, you still have all those firsts. And and that's the and that's the focus nowadays with basketball is the guard play. Yep. So if you have two really good guards, just like how you see in Atlanta, you got Trey and you got DeJounte Murray. That's freaky. Especially if they hold on to John Collins. Yeah. If, if you are able to keep on to keep John Collins. That that that'll be interesting. That that probably is a is another good move. If Miami and Tyler Hero get upset with one another, yeah, 
that's that's a good that's a good thing to to pay attention to to look at. Now let's talk about the latest on the Jalen Ferguson situation. Jalen Ferguson, the Raiders, the Ravens linebacker, passed away last week after being found unresponsive in his house. Today, according to medical examiners, Jalen Ferguson's cause of death has been ruled a combination of fentanyl and cocaine. Which is which is very tragic news. Um, that's just you never want to see a young person, not even just a an athlete, any young person, die at the age of twenty six because of an overdose. Like that's just tragic. It's always terrible to see. You never you never want to see that be the reason, right? I mean, you never want to see anybody. That is a young, promising future. Well, no, but go down. But ju- just to see it be this way, it just right never yeah. sits with you right. That's uh, that that's not a a good end to that story. Didn't think there would be a good end, but you know what you get what I'm saying. Anyways, MLB score update: top of the sixth, Red Sox lead the Cubs four to three. Top of the third, the Tampa Bay Rays lead the Blue Jays one to nothing. We'll keep you updated on the world of baseball throughout the next two and a half hours also twitter and facebook poll question of the day what do you think of when you think of the fourth of july is it fireworks is it hot dogs is it baseball is it something different something else martin comes in on facebook and says independence yeah yeah, Independence Day. I think Independence pretty often. That is uh, that is the biggest detail of the 4th of July. So, definitely a, a celebration of, of this great country and the independence that, that we get to have. Baseball does a good way of, of showing that because it's America's pastime and it's a sport that's been around for well over a hundred years, hot dogs, fireworks, it all does it. So if there was an all above option, that would be, that would be my pick. Game hotline seven zero six zero one 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 here in Acadiana. You can watch us on the simulcast stadium thirty two point three and channel one thirty three on LUS Fiber. Again, crazy twenty four hours of NBA free agency. A lot to get into. Still waiting on the Zion Williamson news to become 100% official. Also, the Astros and Angels tonight at 7:10. Michael Lorenzen against Christian Javier. Can Christian Javier repeat his performance from last weekend? Pitching seven no-hit innings? We'll see. Lorenzen, 6-5 on the year with a 4.24 ERA and 68 innings of work. Christian Javier five and three with a two point seven three ERA and sixty two and two thirds innings of work. That game is at seven ten. Pre-game show at six forty with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks right here on the game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles. We'll take a timeout and when we return, let's do Fridays with Faust. KLFY Sports Director George Faust will join us and we'll talk everything here in the world of Acadiana. 
You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. KLFY Sports Director George Faust joins us for Fridays with Faust here on the Jordy Holtberg Show. Fausty, what's going on, man? How's your Friday? Hey, Friday's great, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. So I'm going to start with, let's go back to this past Sunday when Ole Miss took down Oklahoma in in back-to-back days to win their first-ever national championship in baseball. As an Ole Miss alum, I mean, man, walk us through that. Oh, it was phenomenal, right? I mean, I couldn't couldn't get more excited than that. You know, it was great great to watch uh, a program that uh, I was very close to. I had a lot of buddies that played. Uh, when I was in school, and I was good friends with them, and and we were able to always hang out, and and we would we would we would heckle the third base uh, whoever was playing third base for the other team all the time, and yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I uh, I had uh, I had a really tight close close knit um, uh, relationship with a lot of the baseball players when I was there. Um, so yeah, I, I was glad to see that program. Uh, get to that point, and, and Coach Deggs. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, Coach uh, Bianco uh, has done a done a great job, and uh, you know, it's it's pretty uh, pretty uh, pretty cool to see. So there, there's got to be a statue of Mike Bianco coming up outside Swayze <laughs> Field, right? Uh, you, you know, I mean, he's been there what 21 years, and, and uh, he's had he, he's got a national championship. I mean, I, I can't imagine that they they wouldn't put one up of some sort uh, or some kind of remembrance of of uh, the, the accomplishments that he's been able to to, to uh, take care of. They've had some pretty impressive coaches. I mean, Don Kessinger, uh, who was the coach when I was there uh, as a student, uh, he, he was pre- he's a pretty accomplished guy, and he played in the MLB for a long time. And uh, He was definitely one of those guys that uh, helped get the program to, to a uh, – a bit of respectability, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think nowhere near obviously winning the national championship, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely uh, could see that happening in the very near future. I was excited for the guys and, and, and every, and it's funny because you know after they after they win, then then everybody hits you up and says congratulations. Like that uh, that base hit I got in the fifth inning of the game was was really clutch, you know, like. <laughs> Right, like, part of the team. But, like you came uh, up it, big it, for them. People get excited and they get happy for you because it's your team, and I understand that. Chat with George Faust here on the Jordy Holberg Show. Let's go to the Cajuns now. You know, Matt Deggs ended the season talking about how they needed to get better on the mound. And so far, getting a pitcher from Florida State and Jackson Naza, and then getting a transfer from Charleston Southern and, and Jerry Couch. Matt Deggs it seems to be doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Well, look, you know, there, there's a there's a uh, 
a vibe around the Cajuns and, and their their baseball program and what they're able they're going to be able to do and with, where they want to go and the expectations. And to be honest with you, they're going to have to they're going to have to step it up. You know, Coach Deggs knows that. I mean, he knows what's uh, they, he knows what uh, what's what's going on and, and in the conference. I mean, look. In the in the very near future, I'm not sure if it's next year or, or, or a couple of years down the road, but Southern Miss will be in the conference. Coastal Carolina is already in the conference. And the South Al is always good. So, uh, and then you had Texas State and Georgia Southern, both <laughs> phenomenal uh, programs as well. So the baseball talent in the Sun Belt Conference isn't getting any any worse, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's one of these things where you know you're going to have to either step up your game or you're going to fall behind, and and so that's that's why you see the importance of of uh, utilizing the uh, transfer portal, so to speak, and and making sure it, it uh, benefits you and gives you the best opportunity to be successful because those programs aren't going backwards, and you can't either. One team that has definitely taken advantage of the transfer portal is the LSU Tigers and Jay Johnson. Tommy White, Christian Little, Thatcher Hurd, you know, they're they're just raking yeah. in top transfers, top talent. I mean, Jay Johnson having one hell of an offseason in Baton Rouge. You're not and you're you're not gonna see them fall off. They they're gonna they're I I'd be shocked if in the next two to three years you don't see them I think, you know, next year, I think a lot of people are expecting them to be back in Omaha, but I think in the next two to three years, a more realistic feat is for the, the Tigers to be back there and, and competing for a national championship once again. Um, yeah, that, look, we, we know LSU baseball is, is, is the, the cream of the crop, and, and it's easy to get people to come here and be a part of it because uh, in, in the end, you're looking at a, a, a chance to go play and college baseball's biggest stage on a regular basis, and so it, that that makes it that makes the coach's job a little easier to be like, hey, look, you know, I'm right here in LSU. You know, we we don't we don't play around. You know, we we get we get we get to where everybody wants to be, and and you can be a part of it, or you can sit around and watch us be a part of it. And uh, so that's that's a huge advantage when it comes to recruiting. Now. Looking at the Sun Belt and, you know, talking about recruiting and whatnot, Southern Miss, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison officially joining the conference today. You know, the landscape of the Sun Belt is changing now with Troy coming to the West along with Southern Miss, and then the other three new schools will join the the Sun Belt East. I mean, how do you think the Sun Belt is going to handle this from a scheduling standpoint? Look, I mean, it could they could handle it. I mean, I, I use the SEC as a model, right? I mean, the the way the SEC has done it is kind of, uh, uh, you know, you have a couple of games from team, two teams in the East, I believe, and you rotate them out. And, uh, the, you know, so you know if you get if you get the Vandy and the uh, uh, you know Kentucky or Vandy and South Carolina rotation, you're you're sitting pretty good if you're in an SEC West team, right? <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's a way. I think that that'd be an, you know, if you if you do all right, the SEC East and SEC West, they they play each other, and then you kind of rotate in a couple of teams, however many games you're going to play, 
and that it's going to be determined too. You got to you got to remember your non-conference. Uh, I mean, look, uh, 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 the Cajuns will play in football. The Cajuns will play. Uh, the Cajuns will end up playing um, Florida State, right? So uh, that's going to be later in the year this year, as opposed to which is kind of a cool thing. I kind of like the idea of playing those bigger games, the, the games against the Power Fives. Uh, a little bit later in the season, you kind of know what you got. You know, you can, if, when, when the Cajuns beat Iowa State a few years ago in football, uh, it was the first game of the year. Nobody knew how good Iowa State might be or how bad uh, they might be, or, or it was just uh, okay. They beat a Big Twelve team, you know. So, a projected team to win the Big Twelve. They didn't know exactly how good they were going to be. Um, so, but it, it, with regards to football scheduling, now obviously that's how I would. I, I think it, it, there's one way to handle it right there. You take, you play your SEC uh, Sun Belt West, Sun Belt East. They play each other, those teams, and then maybe have a rotation of some sort every couple of years. You swap out the teams that you're playing, but you do a home and home, and then the next two years you do pick another team. I, I, I'm not even like. So what is that? So five, six games. That are definite because you have to play your other other side. I mean, you have to play your side and then throw two more in there. Uh, with uh, that'd be what seven, and seven games, and you need uh, you probably want some cupcakes. So you play, you know, a team that's of lesser ability, whether it be a Southland Conference team or a or a SWAC team or uh, uh, you know somebody somebody with uh, with a little less uh, ability to. Yeah, you know the the, the the group of fives, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, so you got that's what eight, nine games, something like that. So yeah, that, that'd be about maybe. Yeah, so I, I think there's a possibility that that that, that could work. That, that. And uh, I I kind of like the idea of having it's kind of more geographically set up properly now in the Sun Belt as opposed to the way it was before. George Faust, the KLFY Sports Director, joining us here on Fridays with Faust. George, I got one more for you. NBA free agency has been absolutely crazy. <laughs> we're we're waiting on the official word of the Zion Williamson deal. Five years, two hundred thirty-one million dollars. Do yeah. you, in your mind, you know, it, it, what do you think that kind of deal does for the Pelicans, and do you think Zion's worth it? Okay, that's two two heated questions right there, or big questions right there. Because what do I think of the deal? I think it's awesome if you're Zion Williamson, right? You have the ability to, uh, um, you have the ability to, to uh, you know, stick around and you're making some money, and it's a, it's a it's a good thing, right? You have you're you're finally getting that big deal. You don't have to worry about moving anywhere to get that. Um, and for the Pels, it's a good deal because. Now you lock him up and you know he's not going anywhere. Now, whether or not he deserves it, that's a whole other question, right? I mean, the, the guy played 61 games this past season, but he was. I, 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 the, we haven't even started to scrape the amount of talent that we think this guy has, and we haven't seen it on the court yet because he hadn't been on the court enough. So I... I does he does he deserve it? Based off of his college numbers, yeah, sure. He probably you know he was dominant in college, and everybody loved to watch him. He was a polarizing figure. 
but we haven't exactly seen that in the NBA. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw somewhere that, you know, one of the teams that would be best fitted for KD would be the Pelicans. Yep. And, and that, that I don't know if that's actually good or bad because I think they have such a great chemistry right now in the Pels that, <laughs> that if you bring in a superstar like KD, I mean, yes, he's phenomenal, right? But how, how does that affect the, 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 the dynamic? And, and oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not saying that I wouldn't take him. I'm just saying, like, it's like, how does that, how does, how does he gel with with everybody else? If that was even a possibility, if that even happened, you know. Uh, but I, I, I was reading something about how some of the teams that might be available that would be a good landing spot for KD <laughs> would be the Pelicans. I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, that that would be that. I mean, look, I like the Pelican squad. They got a lot of talent. They're going to challenge some people this coming year, so I'm looking forward to that. I saw a tweet about two hours ago that said the Pelicans were in discussions with the Nets on a possible Kevin Durant trade. Ooh. So does that mean that they're trading Kate? Uh, they're trading Zion. Like, what's the Pete or Brandon Ingram? I guess you can trade too. I uh, was I was thinking I, more of a CJ McCollum Jackson Hayes combo. I'd be all right with that. I don't. I don't want to get rid of Brandon Ingram. I just think he's too valuable. Yeah, he's he's more yeah. valuable than CJ McCollum for sure. Yes, yes, and and you can you'll get. I mean, you just drafted a point a guard, right. uh, you know, and yeah, you can you can work around uh, not having CJ, but yeah, that would oh, be man, uh, that'd, that'd be, be something else. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> All right, George, appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a great Fourth of July weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, y'all stay dry, man. I'm out standing outside. I'm getting soaked, but it's all good. Appreciate you doing that for us, George. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no worries. worries. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Boy, you talk about something big. It's time for an epic night of fights. UFC 276 is here. And two titles are on the line. Get into the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. You know, new customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win and get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Whether it's a victory by KO, submission, or decision, you win no matter what. And with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets, like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more. For UFC 276, you can place the same game parlay, and if it hits, you win double. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code 1037GAME this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older. Physically present in Louisiana, availability varies by parish, eligibility restrictions apply, minimum $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem, call one 877 Stop. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 1st, 1982. Cal Ripken Jr. makes the first of his record 2,216 consecutive Major League Baseball starts at shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. 
That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Houston Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball, and you could see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. All you got to do is register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show right here on the game. Matt Miguez, James Mesh here with you. Let's take a look. The last couple of days we've talked about the quarterback room and the running back room for both the Cajuns and the Tigers. Let's take a look now at the wide receiver group. James, this was this was your position of, of expertise. Oh, love I love wide receivers. So this is a very stacked group for the Tigers. And it's a pretty solid group for the Cajuns as as well. Uh, we'll start with the Cajuns. They get they got Golden AK coming back, a redshirt junior transfer from Oklahoma. You have Errol Rogers Jr., Jacob Bernard. You have John Stevens Jr., who is a senior transfer from TCU, made some big plays last year for this team. Michael Jefferson, Alabama State transfer again. Came up big for this team last year. Dalen Cambray going to finally get his opportunity as a receiver. He's been the the field goal holder for the last two years for Louisiana. Caleb Carter, a redshirt junior. Dante Fleming, true sophomore, East St. John High School. Had a great freshman year. Look for him to make a big impact again. Peter LeBlanc, the junior from Catholic High. He's going to make an impact again. You've got some new freshman faces in Charles Robinson and Jaden Johnson. Calvin Bullock as well, a freshman from Destrahan. It's a young group, but the few older guys that you have, like a Jamal Bell, Peter LeBlanc, Michael Jefferson, John Stevens Jr., really going to provide a lot of veteran leadership and a lot of experience to this group. So definitely looking forward to see what Michael Desermo can do with this wide receiver group. And then, you know, you look at the tight ends. I I usually like to consolidate the tight ends and receivers. Johnny Lumpkin, again, coming back. Tyler Hatcher, Terrence Carter, Jathan Caldwell, Damani Burrell, Rhett Guidry, Christian Sabatini, Joe Lombardi Jr., Pierce Meagle, Neil Johnson coming back for another season. Again, a lot of guys that have been in this program, a lot of guys that understand the system and understand what it takes to succeed. I mean, Johnny Lumpkin, redshirt senior, guy's been here better part of five years. He knows this program. He knows what these coaches are looking for. So he is definitely a, an invaluable piece to this puzzle for the Raging Cajuns. And then, you know, you go to the Tigers. I mean, we could spend an hour talking about the wide receiver group for 
LSU. I mean, absolutely stacked. Brian Thomas Jr., you got Kyron Lacey, a UL transfer, Chris Hilton Jr. You go down the roster, you know, you also got your studs in Malik Neighbors from Como and Keishon Butte from Westgate. How healthy is Keishon Butte going to be this year after his ankle issue that he suffered last year? Jack Besh again, sophomore from STM, played a big part in the Tigers' success last year on offense. What is he going to bring now that he steps it up a little bit? Cole Taylor as a wide receiver tight end hybrid. What is he going to do? Evan Francione, a senior you know, depth piece. Noah Nash is a redshirt freshman that I've heard good things about. This is a group, you know, Gregory Clayton Jr. This is a group for LSU that is stacked through and through, and you're never going to run out of talent. Keishon Butte, Jack Besh, Malik Neighbors, Kyron Lacey, Brian Thomas Jr., Chris Hilton. I mean, up and down, James. This Tigers wide receiver core is incredibly impressive. Oh, it's ridiculous. Just looking at it, because Keishon, Touchdown machine. Yep. You got Jack Besh. Big slot guy. Brian Thomas. Big slot guy. You got Dre Jenkins, Brian Thomas, and Malik Neighbors. All really good. Dre, and I remember at the end of last season, he had that big three touchdown game. Mm -hmm. And and he stepped up. And then I haven't even gone to the transfer Kyron Lacey, Mm -hmm. the former Agent Cajun. I mean, even if one or two of them go down, you still have a lot of depth on the team. You really do. You don't there, I don't think there's enough balls just to go to the receivers. Cuz you you haven't even mentioned we, we you still got the tight ends and the running backs that could, you could, you could dump off to. Yeah. Someone someone's there are going to be at least one if not a few people that aren't going to be fed on this team and it feels like they were, are not going to get the justice just because there's so much talent in this room. Oh, there's there's so much talent. And then, you know, we talked about the running backs yesterday. You talk about how they're not going to get the credit because there's so many. There's not enough balls for the receivers. I don't know if there's enough balls for the quarterbacks. Who's going to be the guy? I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I still think it's going to be a two-quarterback room with Daniels and Brennan. But you heard Chrissy Freud the other day. Say she thinks it's going to be Daniels and Nussmeyer. It's anybody's guess right now. No, no, and that's the thing because nobody has stepped up and taken a command in this room. That all and that almost feels worrisome because if nobody's taken a step forward and everyone's been on the same level this whole time, to me, that tells me that there's a little bit of worry in in Baton Rouge maybe maybe because there's no way you think you have three potential Heismans all in the same room there's you, no way if you ask me Walker Howard's out of the question I believe so too I think they're going to redshirt him they're planning that for the future Walker Howard's your guy starting next year for this year though you've got Jaden Daniels you've got Miles Brennan and you've got Garrett Nussmeyer 
And hell, if you want, you have Garrett Nussmeyer longer than just this year. He's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. It feels like Nussmeyer and Walker, they're going to be in the competition for next season. That's why I feel like the initial way I thought was it'd be Jaden Daniels and it'd be Miles Brennan. And not to mention, people people tend to forget this detail. Garrett Nussmeyer has quarterback in his blood. Think about who his dad is. His dad's the quarterback coach for the Cowboys. His dad is Doug Nussmeyer. Quarterback is in his blood. So he and I went to the LSU spring game and 100% Nussmeyer was the best quarterback out of any of them during the spring game. He put on the best show in the spring game. Granted, take the spring game with a grain of salt. But I'm talking threading the needle, making quick decisions, making good throws. Nussmeyer was the most impressive. He was. So it feels like if Garrett was the number one guy during spring, yeah. and then Chrissy is predicting it's Garrett. Right. The only reason that I lean Brennan is because he's a fifth-year senior. And I know that that's not usually – well, that's usually the way it works. That's not the right way to lean. It should always go to the best guy, right? However, experience is worth something. Being a fifth-year senior is going to be worth something in this quarterback battle. Being with the Tigers since 2016? Right. It's, it's going to be worth something in this battle. So that's why I'm unsure of who it's truly going to be. Jaden Daniels is going to get used in certain packages. I don't think he's the starter. I'd like for him to be. I think he's the most athletic of the three. However, in terms of who the best quarterback is, give me Garrett Nussmeyer all day long. I don't, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't like Miles Brennan. I think Miles Brennan was overhyped from the second he walked into Baton Rouge. So, by that case, you start Garrett, you got certain packages for Jaden. And then you have Miles to be Correct. the third guy if he Miles, doesn't if he doesn't leave again, which Miles I don't think your, he would. Miles is your backup piece. I, I think he just sticks as the backup because like who else is going to want him at this point? Right. He had to come back to LSU because no one wanted him in the transfer portal. Right. So that'll be interesting to to look at as, as we get closer and closer to the college football season. James, let's take one final timeout. Game Clubhouse 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse in Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes is by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse. How do you do that? 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. It's incredibly easy. Go sign up today. Let's take that last time out. When we return, we will wrap up the Jordy Holtberg Show and get you set for two more hours of crunch time with me, as a mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And your home for the Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Jordy Holberg Show right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. James Mesh, July 1st is a big day in the MLB. It is the day that signing bonuses and deferred salary payments are usually paid to players. However, do you know why else today is a big day in the MLB? Today is Bobby Vanilla Day. James, do you know who Bobby Vanilla is? No, you actually had to educate me on that. Okay, let me educate you once again. Bobby Vanilla was a all-star player that played for the New York Mets. He signed a five-year contract worth $29 million in 1991 that at the time was the richest contract in team sports. He spent the first three and a half seasons of that deal with New York before being traded away. Vanilla ended up winning a World Series with the Marlins back in 1997. And after that championship, the Marlins sold everybody. Shipped off everybody. Bobby Vanilla ended up going back to the Nets. Not the Nets, the Mets. In January of 2000, the Mets released Vanilla, but they were still on the hook for his $5.9 million salary that season. Now, they had an investor by the name of Bernie Madoff who really thought, made the Mets believe that they were going to make a whole lot of money. And so the Mets ownership said here's what we'll do we'll defer your salary and we'll pay you eight percent interest for 25 years from 2011 to 2035 because we're going to be rich we'll be able to afford it don't worry about it well that deal fell through horribly for the Mets so now to this day every year on July 1st that 29.8 million dollars was divided by 25 years and so now every year on July 1st, Bobby Vanilla still receives a check from the New York Mets for $1.19 million. And he will continue to do so for the next 13 years. This is absolutely the craziest contract negotiation or settlement in all of sports. I mean, think about it. This guy is 59 years old, hasn't played baseball in 20 years, yet he's still getting paid by a team. It's like getting an extra Christmas bonus. Just- Literally. <laughs> it's Christmas in July for Bobby Manila. $1.19 million a year. Now, if Bobby Manila was smart with his money when he played, this is just pocket change for him. It's just extra padding every year. $1.19 million. You know what I would do with $1.19 million every year? I would be a happy, happy man. (laughs) I would be a very happy man. Just don't be a Phil Mickelson. it (laughs) It gets weirder and weirder every year with this Bobby Manila mess. The Mets have to pay him for another 13 years. 
absolutely insane. I want to take this opportunity to thank Raymond Parsh III, as well as George Faust, for joining us here on this Friday edition of the Jordy Holberg Show. James Mesh, I am Matt Miguez filling in for the Blonde Bomber. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. And Jordy will be back on Tuesday for the Jordy Holberg Show, 2-4 to four every weekday here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Don't go anywhere. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh after this.